The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I believe inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot. I've done a lot. And I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is Lavelle. I am the host of Vail's World podcast. Uh, first, we'd like to thank everybody for continuing to support, show love, all that great stuff. And y'all know that we do have the new social media sites on deck. So feel free to follow us on Vail's World Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you'd like to send up, shoot us an email, it's easy. Vail's World Podcast at ldmonger.com. So today, 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 we got my brother, my business partner, my uh, my financial advisor sometimes, the person that will never do my taxes. <laughs> we got my bro, nephew, Trey in the building, man. And what what this day going to look like, we're going to have him turn in. So he's, he traveled from far and near all the way to Vail's world. So we're going to make sure we show him some love, man. Without no further ado, we have nephew Trey. What's up? What's up? How you doing, Vail? I'm all right, man. <laughs> Glad to be in the building, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm, I'm super excited. All right, perfect. Hey, man, give us a you know a brief introduction. Let Veil World know who exactly you are. Ah, oh, loaded question. Um, so I'll give you a little bit about me. I'm a native Floridian, born and raised in Florida. Um, after graduation, I attended the University of Florida. So I spent four years there. Go Gators. Um, studied accounting while I was at the University of Florida. Did a year in North Carolina, got my master's um, in accounting, and then I started my career in Atlanta um, in 2013 as in a CPA. So I spent about three and a half years in Atlanta, moved back to Orlando. Um, in Orlando, kind of did some CPA work, but that's where I feel like, you know, life really took a turn in the positive direction. I met my now wife in Orlando my business partners uh, with RTW Photography. I met you guys there. Um, and so that was a really great time period in my life. Um, right now, I reside in Atlanta with my wife. Um, but other than that, other outside of my businesses, um, I'm a brother, um, I am a husband, and I'm a friend. I love traveling and just excited to see what this next chapter has. All right, man. That was that was a lot. That was was loaded, man. Is, <laughs> is there anything that he's sipping wine right now, y'all? <laughs> hey, man. Is there anything you're currently working on? I just want to get better at. Ooh. Um. So I think right now, just be a better entrepreneur and a better individual. Um, I have a lot of projects going. I'm involved in a lot of businesses, so just want to see those be successful. And just looking to be a, a better friend, brother, husband, um, and all around human. Hey, y'all want to be a better nephew? Can you give us some? Um, uh, you got you got thirty <laughs> seconds to get give a plug out for for your podcast as well. Absolutely, uh, I'm nephew Trey, um, and I am one of the hosts of the podcast Before Thirty. Uh, Before Thirty, it's really an empowerment movement um, rooted in purpose for the under thirty adult. And so we have inner, we provide opportunities for young adults to engage in deep and critical conversations about life. So um, definitely check out Before 30 with my co-host, Auntie Janine. We talk about a myriad of topics and season two is starting in February of 2021. So we really want y'all to tune in. And I, I, I'm definitely under 30. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was a lot of pointers that I was able to get before the podcast was even a podcast and just to see him 
you know, take it to that next level um, has been incredible. So make sure y'all show love to under 30. And before 30. Before 30. I got you. Yep. And let them know if you're under 30 or over 30 or in your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they also have a clubhouse as well, man. So show love, support. I make sure I share that on all of my social media platforms. I don't think they follow me back yet, but we'll figure that out. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> if we aren't, we will. Oh, man. That's what they all say. So, Lavelle, we met, uh, let me see if I get the year right, probably 2017. Right. I had just moved to Orlando. Um, my line brother, Darius, was here. Um, we were hanging out a lot, and he, he was already in the photography world, so he was building his photography business. And I remember he was doing a collaboration. Um, I feel like it was with Alex and maybe Ricky at the time, and there was something that was going on, and so... The first time we met was headed to Cocoa Beach to do the shoot. And uh, that's what I met. I think I actually rode with you, right? I think I was in the car with you. Yeah, I rode with you. And so, you know, you were alpha. All I knew was you were an alpha and you were in the photography and videography. Um, so that's the first time we met. And it was really cool, man. We had uh, we didn't get too deep or anything, but had some good talk, good conversation. So it was a good time. Hey, man, you got memory, man. I was... <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to remember all of that. Um, but no, that's exactly how we met. And uh, to talk about that day, it was hot as hell. It was. Um, it was hot. I remember I tried to go on the sand without my shoes. And I was burning my feet. Um, but we, I had to because it was just so hot and weird. And then I was walking across the street burning my feet. And I was trying to make sure that Darius didn't get a ticket and I do remember the whole <laughs> ticket situation. I, we were, yes, because we parked maybe illegally or somewhere we weren't supposed to park or we didn't pay to park. Uh, and yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, RTW owed me $30 and some change. <laughs> that ticket, that ticket had me looking at them weird for a minute. I ain't going to hold you. Because then they, I saved them from getting the ticket to find out that I was the one. It was crazy. I do remember this. Yeah, but um, no, nah, man, like what was your first impression of me? <laughs> like I, I like asking people that. No, you were cool. I think it was, we didn't really know each other. Or we probably had a lot of mutual, you know, friends or people that we knew each other. But my first impression was definitely hardworking. I, I saw that. Um, definitely a creative as well. Um, so I think those are the two things that really stuck out to me, that you were a hardworking creative. Um, yeah, and you just wanted to kind of, you know, be successful. I think you're at a point where you were still trying to figure out maybe which direction you wanted to go. I think you had just graduated. So in the process of trying to figure out, do you go a corporate traditional route? Do you go back to school? Do you pursue, um, you know, your passion? So um, th those are some things that really stuck stuck with me from the first time we met. Yeah, he lying. I, went, I, I graduated a year later. See, I, oh, knew, see, I knew he was going to lie. Man. I knew. You weren't in school. You weren't in school. I was, man. That was my second year. That was my second year. Oh, well, maybe you're figuring out what to do after graduation. <laughs> it, all, it all remains the same. Oh man, I'm, I'm torn. He was halfway right. I feel like you know when uh, we doing consultation and we asked the, the couple uh, how did they meet, and then the um, the bride or the bride always one person look. gives one story and the other person gives another story. Are they are they just look at the uh, at the fiance? Man, dad, I hate when you guys say fiance. They both saying she looks at the guy <laughs> for him to tell the story and like you better not mess up. Oh man, that's funny. But no, yeah, everything about that. I remember when I, when I first met Trey. I was kind of like in my zone with just working, um, trying to get the job done and outside of my feet burning, everything that was going on. I think I took my shirt off. It was hot. And um, was. <laughs> I do remember the ride back just, you know, diving into like a deeper conversation. Like for somebody to, that I met there, I wasn't necessarily geared or prepared for the conversation that we did have. Uh, so that was great. And ever since then, I just knew you was a genuine guy and um, you're an alpha. Hey. Uh, so that that always helped, and then I was introduced to you, you know, through Darius. Yep. Um, and I was already built a tight connection with him. Like we was like brothers from the first time we met. So when you came in, it was a lot easier, um, to to mesh with. And we have a lot of similarities, and y'all hear about that. Any you thoughts know? or impressions of me? I know um, you're asking me all these questions, but one thought or impression uh, for me from that first interaction? Uh, weird and um. Uh, <laughs> 
just on on go like drink a lot of fucking coffee i don't even know if you drink coffee but you be hyper nah. as hell <laughs> hey man when i'm in when i'm in go mode like it, it's time to get stuff done and go i'm like yeah. slow the hell down man that's all right <laughs> oh man but yeah that, that was it man and um how view now is pretty much the same man we just expanded on that first interaction like literally my big brother um we don't have many conversations, but when we do, it always goes to that, you know, that level that's below surface, uh, a little bit above the heart, but mm-hmm. just, you know, below the surface. And that's, you know, that's a, a vulnerable spot, you know, place for me Absolutely. Uh, that I that I don't have the opportunity to explore with a lot of people. So thank you for allowing me to have that space. Yeah. All right. See, I thought he was going to say, you know, yeah, man, you're the best little brother in the world. I can See, folks ain't, <laughs> folks ain't real. I should have put a butt on it and all that. Just go ahead and negate everything that I just said. No, man, um, I, I definitely agree. I think it w- it was great. It was a pleasant first interaction that now has led to us. You know, we'll talk about this more, but you know, being business partners and developing a strong, you know, brotherhood and friendship. So, all right, man, that's great. That's great. So now, you know, we gonna keep it the same. We still got the good read, but instead of me talking about a book that I read, um, what book? impact you so one of the books i think that really stuck with me um or that's really ever since i read it had a a deep impact on how i view the world and and how i proceed is strength finders um and this is a book that i think there's maybe about 30 strengths and the premise of the book is um if we focus on our natural talents, the things that we are naturally good at, um, we'll be able to achieve a lot more. Um, instead of focusing on things that we aren't naturally good at, um, it's, it's going to take more time, more of an investment um, to attain what we, quote unquote, a level of success. Um, and so what it is, it's kind of like an assessment, you know, that you take once you answer all these questions, they'll give you your five strengths. And these five strengths identify um, things that just come naturally to you. And so since I've read that book, I've focused on those five strengths, making sure whether it's in my business, my relationships, um, anything like that, um, I am operating from a place of strength. And another word I like to say is operating from a place of natural talent and natural strength. Oh, man, I, I, I like that. And um, for many reasons, I also read that book and found out my strengths. Um, which made life a lot easier, right? So when you're trying to be something that you're naturally not, you have to take more effort, more energy, exactly. more like everything, and it becomes uncomfortable, eventually becomes comfortable. Uh, but it also reminds me of the movie Soul, um, when you're kind of thinking of your purpose and your spark. So for me, basketball was something that I loved and I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the attributes to get me to the NBA. But because I was able to acknowledge hey, this is my spark. This is what's continue to push me to school. This is what making me getting, you know, accidentally getting good grades. This is what accidentally allowed me to graduate high school um, and knowing that early and not thinking that basketball is my purpose and I should be a basketball mm-hmm. player. If I'm mm-hmm. not a basketball player, life is over. So me, me being able to learn my strengths and figure out who am I that I love to be um, and how others view me as, was incredible. So do you remember your five strengths? I do. I do. Oh man. I don't, I know I get a little confused with the order with the last few, but <laughs> the first is woo. Um, and this is just really the, the strength of persuasion and influence. Um, complimentary with that are my next two positivity and communication. Um, and then my last two are adaptability and a ranger. Oh man. Yeah. So which one you think like, I really resonate with my top three. Okay. So my top three, woo, positivity, and communication. So um, woo, you have to be careful with because it can easily turn into manipulation. Not to say that's me, but that for every strength, it can be used in a negative way. Um, so it's great to be able to persuade people, influence people, um, get people to see your point and get them to act. But, you know, if some... you. It can be used in a negative way, like as far as manipulation. Um, but then positivity and communication are the two that I really like. Um, and usually I use that in my influence a lot. I have a very half, a glass is half full mentality. So not focusing on, you know, what's wrong, what didn't happen, but always looking to the future. Um, 
and really just having an optimistic mindset, um, it comes very natural to me. I'm always looking for the good in people and want things to be better. And then communication. I really believe in the power of words. Um, and so just using your words, the tone, um, how you communicate can be very powerful. And I think, um, you know, very influential as well. Be impeccable with your words. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's great, man. I, um, since I knew you was coming, I had to find mine. I had to look it up. Okay. Or, um, <laughs> L- let's hear them. Belief. That was my first. Okay. Uh, achiever, learner, responsibility, and input. Um, I agree mm. with all these. It's actually hilarious. Uh, if anyone knows me, I'm definitely going to put my two cents in whatever I feel like I need to. Uh, it's very hard and rare for me to bite my tongue. Um, I had to grow mm-hmm. out of that. When I was younger, I used to always bite my tongue. And the consequences of that was always some type of impulsiveness or explosion. And I I had to grow out of that. I just, I'm old now, so I can't do that. Um, so I try to be as polite, respectful, um, monotone at most times. Um it's possible when I do put my input in things and figuring out like when it's the right time for that and also asking. Then sometimes I <laughs> I be in my own little positive, happy little world and give my input and then have to learn that maybe that wasn't the right time or that person took what I said on the wrong way and then it taps into responsibility. So being mm-hmm. responsible for my actions, um, being able to sit down, listen, um, not rebuttal and move forward the best way I can and hopes that that individual accepts my apology or even if I do something right, um, being able to take responsibility for that as well. Cause I used to have a hard time, still have a hard time when I do stuff right and good of just sitting in yeah. that. Like it's, it's easier for me to brush off something that I did right. Um, and I can really sit into something that I did wrong mm-hmm. a lot more with, with more comfort, which is weird. Um, learner, I'm always willing to learn. Uh, okay, um, I can see that. Yeah, man. Look, especially this, one as considering you were going back and thinking about getting your PhD at one point. Yeah, I, I might still do it. <laughs> hey, man, it's never too late. Never too late. Yeah, I might still do it. Learning to put on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's been a. I don't know. It's just something I just got to continue to do something. Continue to learn. Once I stop learning, just you know, take me out. I'm achiever. I love achieving. I love being better than I was the day before. I do that in everything that I do from mm-hmm. running, from this podcast, from the, you know, the company, uh, from my relationships with people that I truly care about. Uh, you're just always working and always just trying to be the best. And belief, like I, I have a strong belief system. Yeah. And that's what allowed me to be where I'm at, at now because growing up wasn't the easiest Um when I was younger and just hearing people say that all the time, I'm like, man, shut up. Uh, but now actually being that person that can relate and say, hey, mm-hmm. when I was little, I didn't have it. And, and trying to put belief and motivation and inspiration in others um, is another reason why this podcast actually exists. Because I, I, t- I can tweet and Facebook post all day, but to actually <laughs> hear my voice, um, I think that means something. So when I leave this earth, I know that I left you all some pictures. I know I left you all some videos. <laughs> I know I left you all some music. You left I, your mark. <laughs> right. I know I left, you touched all the arts. <laughs> exactly. I know I'm leaving you all um, some audio as well. Uh, so they, they go remember me. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my strengths. But I'm glad. So when you brought that up, it was exciting because it, it made me go find my strengths that yeah. I had. And being able, you know, be able to reflect, which again, that's one of them random conversations we have. <laughs> yeah, and I think something important to kind of note too is um, in Strength Finder, it talks about your natural abilities, and so um, these are things you're just good at that are innate that come that come natural. But to really turn a talent into a strength, you have to develop it, you have to nurture it. So, no matter how good you are at something, whether you know your basketball example, you're not going to make it to the NBA if you don't develop it. Um, but Think about it. Someone who's naturally good at it, the amount of time and investment they have to use in developing that talent, it'll turn into a strength much quicker. And a strength is something that you can repeat consistently and perform at a high level. So that's something the book also talks about, too, is how do you know when a talent becomes a strength? You can repeat it um, consistently and perform it at a high level. So that was something that um, really, really resonated with me as well. And a beautiful thing just to add before we go to the next um, 
part of our conversation is um when when shit get real, when shit hit the fan, when we in a corner, mm-hmm. we naturally go to our strengths. Absolutely. Uh, so whatever we're good at, we naturally go back into that space until we find a way to actually survive, which is, is great. If you can jump and you see yourself uh, getting chased by some dogs and there's a 10-foot wall in front of you, somehow you're about to jump across this 10-foot wall opposed to somebody else who probably can, you know, plow through the wall. <laughs> they go try to plow through it yeah. because we naturally go into you know, what we are good at yeah. um, and what we and what we know. So that's that's a great thing. Just, you know, thinking about strengths um, and for you all, if you all have some strengths, feel free to um, hit me up. I'll make sure I share with nephew Trey um, yeah. on all the social media platforms, Veil Worlds podcast. Uh, we probably have a post by then and you all can share some strengths that you all have. Um where can they find strength? Find the strength. So class? it's a, actually a small book. It's a. It's a. I think I received it as a gift. Um, but it's a small book, affordable, under twenty dollars. And if you purchase the book, it comes with a code where you can actually take the assessment and get your strengths. Um, so definitely, highly recommend it. If it's you know, if it's in the budget, uh, you know, you can look it up. But I'm pretty sure there's some free versions out there on the internet. So, um, you know, you can do that as well. Perfect, perfect, man. See, he just he the smart man. Real fast, let us know where Veil World can can meet you in your world at um, podcast, social media, all that, whatever you would like to share. Oh, that yes, <laughs> that, that, that was your that was your cue. That was my cue. Gotcha. Um, so RTW Photography, um, we're on Instagram, and then underscore before thirty. There you go. Let's see, he ain't gonna share his personal stuff. He he a private person. Actually, I think my my page is open. So Walter Trey one. <laughs> and if you look for nephew Trey, it, it should pop up as well. Yes, it'll pop up as well. <laughs> He's still learning um, Instagram. Yeah, I'm not the social media person. I don't have how many. I don't have what seventeen thousand followers I like mean, you on Instagram. Actually, I, actually, I got twenty four point one. Excuse me, who's 20, counting? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, y'all. I'm I'm still in the in the, the my first thousand. All right. All right, man. You know everybody ain't able. Um, but now we're about to tap into what's popping, man. So we had to, you know, since it's two of us, we made sure that we're going to be responsible and respectful of you all's time. Yes. So we're going to keep it limited. Um, uh, but I want to start off with Trey, man. So what's popping, man, in, in politics and in, in your world and things that just strike interest of you? Let us know what's going on in the nephew Trey world. So, you know me, I don't dab into politics too much. Um, but I think just kind of something that recently happened or what I'm keeping my eye on is, um, you know, the inauguration's coming up. And so um, at this time, we've seen kind of what has happened when um, the Capitol was stormed uh, maybe a week or two ago. Um, and now the inauguration is coming and, and fast approaching us. So I'm just really watching and hoping for, you know, the peaceful transfer of power and just making sure that like, the the democracy is protected. And so I live in Georgia now. So I was a part of, um, I'm registered to vote in Florida, so I didn't actually vote for the Senate runoff in Georgia. But um, yeah, being a part of that process and just seeing a, a specifically Atlanta, um, and I'm sure the other, the other counties around the state just come together and like really have a record number of voter turnout and to honestly have the first black um, senator in the South elected you know that's crazy like that that was beautiful so i've just kind of been admiring um you know all that's been going on and progressive politics and i'm excited to see what the future has man that's that's a lot from somebody that don't dip and dab you know i I keep up (laughs) enough i I keep i keep up enough oh i I usually don't do this but uh you know i I stay aware of of the big issues and and what's going on oh man and and to stay just with you know in the you know in the political realm of life Mm -hmm. trump got impeached again uh i oh man dude got impeached twice it's as crazy as it sounds hillary warned us about this years ago Mm mm-hmm and now we have, you know, now we have to like experience and actually go through this, um, which makes it crazy. So not only did we have him get impeached once, he got impeached again, um, during one of the most horrific moments in like 
history, especially in like modern history. We got a pandemic going on. We got these riots going on. We got racial issues. We got, it's just so much going on around the world. And to have the person that's supposed to be the leader of the free world um, get impeached twice is a, is a huge slap in the face um, for the country in which we stay in, as well as the position in which he holds to the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's America. <laughs> and America. And we could have had a a very, you know, highly qualified woman in this position right now. And I, it just, it, it reminds me where we are as a country, right? <laughs> Uh, that we wasn't ready for the most qualified person in the world to be president just because she was a woman. So, yeah, that that was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I can go with what's popping with me. We're going to try to go you know, back yeah. and forth until our time nah, is up. Um, I'm going to stick with sports right now. So okay. I don't know if y'all know, if y'all don't watch, Y'all probably got brothers, cousins, somebody, <laughs> uncles, but James Harden. So I was actually in Houston uh, not too long ago, and I seen James Harden. I was, you know, like saw him in person. Yeah, uh. we was. Uh, so right before this little lounge area started popping, uh, it was a Thursday night. Okay. It was my first day in Houston. Uh, I see this Lamborghini truck just like pull up. It was red, and I was of like, course. "What the hell going on?" And we was waiting on the valet to bring our car around. So next thing you know, <laughs> Harden gets out the car, him and um him and PJ Tucker. They get out the car and they just walking like normal, like normal, like huh? Normal humans, right? And no one says anything. Like, this is just what they do. They they go get some lemon pepper wings and mm-hmm. jazz, <laughs> go to this hookah lounge. And again, I had to be safe. So I had my mask on and before it got popping, I was out, I was out of there. I just went there for the wings. The wings were actually good. So he gets out and just walk and it's like a normal thing like he what's up everybody down everybody no mask at all uh oh, are you calling them out right now because you know they got uh players um having to uh what is it uh, Look, uh quarantine, quarantine and, and all, all this and stuff fine. but it's pretty old though so this was before the season oh okay 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 yeah. i was like wait this wasn't recent okay yeah, this was before the season <laughs> had started and uh oh man that would have been funny so now just to see like how he was and everything that kind of transpired between him and Houston, mm-hmm. you know, the Rockets, he just didn't want to be there anymore. He finally got his way and now he's in New York. Well, he's in Brooklyn, you know, Trey stayed yep, in Brooklyn yep. before. So he's in, he's a net now uh, with, you know, I was a net for about a year. I'm weak. <laughs> he's a net with Kyrie Irving and, yeah. and KD and the things just, I don't know. I'm excited to see like how this look. But I believe that the Nets are going to be another um, L.A. Clippers. No, I think it's going to be L.A. Clippers thing where they have all these pieces, but they just can't figure it out and get it to where they need to go. I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting, I think, too, to see kind of maybe in a, I guess, quote unquote, COVID environment, what if there are dist- if off the court distractions will exist and teams will have to focus more on cohesion. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'll be curious to see kind of. I think in general sports, in general, how all of this impacts sports and team dynamics. So um, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. He only curious because he was a, a Brooklyn Nets I'm about, not even. about three I, days. I, right. Not even. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got hope. For, I have no hope. They got the skill, but it's just the mentalities that they have. I just don't see it working. So we'll see. Y'all can prove me wrong. Lakers in six. Uh, <laughs> hopefully the Heat can make some trades. We're going for Bill right now. Oh, uh, let's see. Do I got anything else, man? You got, you got one more thing? I got thing? one more thing. Right, so as far as, uh, you you mentioned something. About, oh, I think when you kind of were making a reference to Hillary talking about, um, I guess, like, you know, strong women in kind of their career or whatever. I've been watching, I watch Bridgerton. So on Netflix, have you seen it? I don't watch okay. that okay. <laughs> at all. Well, it's interesting. I, I would. Not even a little bit. So, it's, did you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, I, I tried. Uh, oh, the one day okay, we was at the one day we was at well for all of all of the <laughs> listeners out there. I think um, the reference was strong female leads um, in cinema, TV, and in the arts. And so, um, Bridgerton has a strong female lead. 
very interesting storyline. Um, and so everyone I've talked to that watched it, it's kind of you watch one episode, you get hooked, and it's only eight episodes. But um, if you're into dramas uh, that are a little witty, that has strong female leads, uh, check out Bridgerton. Um, what else have I been watching? That's crazy. I do love women. Uh, definitely women that lead. I just <laughs> I cannot with you. I don't know about this Bridgerton. Real. I I'm sorry. I just want to make sure that's clear because he's trying to you know the, the references. I'm sorry. I'm so dumb. <laughs> it's a, it's a great show. So I uh I watched that. What else have we been watching? We uh we watched Industry on HBO Max. My wife and I. That was a recent watch. See, Lavelle didn't prep for this. I would have had him watch these shows before I came on. Because I'm t- industry, another uh, strong female lead, um, talks about um, pretty much like young adults in the high paced world of um, like being an investment banker. And it's in London. HBO Max, great show. Check it out. All right, man. Look, the, add these to your list. I'm going to try. Uh, what I'm watching right now. I don't know, man. Power just went off, so I ain't going to talk about Power. I watched that as well, yes. Yeah, that was so, good. Yeah, I ain't going to talk about it. Last time I talked about it, uh, in one of my podcasts, I received a text message the next day t- saying that, oh, maybe you should have had, like, spoiler alert and some other stuff. So I try not to, you know, I'm going to wait. Um, I really don't watch TV, now that I think about it. Oh, I'm watching uh, Cobra Kai. That's what I'm watching. Wow. So Netflix. Okay. Wow. Karate Kid. What season is it in? um, I believe they just got cleared for a third season or a second one, but I'm in the first one. I'm just watching the first episode. So if you watch Karate uh, Kid, uh, Mr. Miyagi, Wax On, Wax Off. Is this a spinoff? Yes, a spinoff. So it's actually them as an adult. Uh, so Mr. Miyagi is dead, and um, oh, okay. and then the the two kids that was actually fighting in the final like, yeah, round, the final yeah. round is their life, and just seeing how I've grown. heard of this. Okay, it's it's pretty dope, man. I, I I'm liking it. It was it was slow for the first episode, um, but yeah, that's, okay. that's what I'm watching. That's really the only thing I can remember watching. I don't watch too many episodes or too many seasons or series at one time. I one by one. Yeah, um, so that's what's popping in, in Vales and Trey World yep, yep. right now. Um, I wish it was something more interesting to do, but unfortunately, it's not. I work a lot. He work a lot, and yeah. he has a wife. So, you know, just uh, <laughs> living life. You know, trying to make the most of uh, where I am in life. So perfect. So the reason why I needed nephew Trey to come here because I need some advice. As well, as, oh boy, I'm, I'm advice. Quite, I'm quite sure a lot of people need. So Trey is one of the most financially responsible people I know personally, like in the world. Um, I'm probably giving him too much credit, but a little bit. from from what I've seen, and <laughs> and that that's it, and that's his role within the company as well, just making sure that we don't spend too much, um, and that we spend <laughs> and that we put our dollars in spaces that can benefit and he's also married right mm-hmm. uh, and they've been dating for a while so this part is just you know just tell us about how you manage love and finances oh okay those that's a very uh unique combination so i think i'll start from the beginning so just kind of my parents and i kind of mentioned this on one of our episodes of before 30 is in you know we have an episode just talking about your financial mindset and my financial mindset really came from kind of how I was raised. So my mom, I distinctly remember when it was time to go back to school, my mom never gave us like this budget, but it was this unspoken budget of like, you know, you know, you have this X amount of dollars to spend on clothes and shoes. And so, but she didn't tell me what I could buy. So I knew I could have bought maybe one pair of Jordans, but that was all the shoes I was getting for back to school and they had to last a year or at least until Christmas. Um, or I could have bought all of the Ralph Lauren, the Polo, whatever was out that at that time. And I know I was only going to get a few outfits. Or I could buy these K-Swiss, these Sacconis. I could buy some FUBU, some Fat, Al- uh, Fat Albert, Fat Farm. For all the young kids, y'all probably have no idea what any of this <laughs> stuff is right now. But um, I learned at a very young age, my mom gave me the autonomy with money, but to make decisions that were, to me, not immediate. So there was kind of this delayed gratification and my parents always had the the um 
a theme of saving. And so I learned to save, but then also how to, in my mind, spend money wisely and make and make an intentional decision about money. Money was something to not spend and like it be an afterthought. Like there should be a purpose on why you're spending money for this, either because of the quality, because of, um, you know, you can use it for, you know, to produce more money. Like that always had to be kind of a purpose. Um, or if it wasn't a purpose, it was just pure entertainment, understanding that, you know, you do that within reason or you save up for it. So I just learned a lot about that as, as a child. And then I had a job too. So when I start making my own money at 15, working at Publix, um, prior to that, I was working with my grandmother and her meals on wheels. But when I started working at Publix, it was like, hey, I'm making my own money. How do I want to spend it? And so um, having money at a young age and being able to make financial decisions at a young age taught me a lot about money. Oh, man, so responsible. Um, I can't say I had anything like that. <laughs> um, I, I, I made money a different way. And uh, I was able to learn the the importance of money. So money mm -hmm. was important to me because I felt like it can change everything in which I was going through uh, as it pertains to like being poor, mm -hmm. um, not really knowing like where the next meal was going to come from and what bill is going to be cut off next. Uh, so when I started making so it was like money, stability, exactly, exactly, yeah. which is you know it still traumatizes me now, even with my even with relationships, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that's really what I look for for anything versus stability. How can this allow me to have some sense of stability? And then I move forward from there. So that's like right. the first check with relationships, with monies, with stability. Yeah. most of the decisions I make. If this is going to be, you know, questionable, I might, it's a, it's a, it's a big chance that I'm just going to uh, and go the other way. Okay. Uh, so it's great that you were able to experience that with finances at a young age. Again, I, I learned from, like people in the street, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and I think, but I think the 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 I don't know, funny thing, but we have to take what we learn as children or as as you know kids, and be able to figure out there there what's the good and what's the bad. Mm -hmm. And I think you know we've talked I've talked about this before is what what is good that you learn so money helps provide stability. You probably learn some survival things as it relates to money. Um, but then it's like, well, where's that threshold that is, it's not positive anymore. It's kind of damaging. Or what in my mentality have I associated with money that, that isn't good. That's not going to serve me, um, you know, in adulthood. So, you know, I think our childhood, you know, teaches, and I think for me, I had to learn in my childhood that it's okay to spend on entertainment. I work hard. Like I work hard. I worked hard as a CPA. I work hard as an entrepreneur so I can spend money to treat myself and, and go on vacations and, you know, indulge in, you know, entertainment and things like that. Um, and not feel guilty about it because I think there's sometimes some people, um, you know, there's a, uh, what's the mentality? A, Oh, the word is slipping me right now, but a, a not a frugal mentality, a scarcity mentality mm -hmm. where you sometimes get caught into maybe not having money. You're scared to spend money so much and just hoard it. But, you know, you need to be able to enjoy life is meant for, I believe, for us to be able to enjoy. So um, too much of any one side can be a little damaging. All right. I, I want to give y'all a, a, a quick little breakdown on Trey. <laughs> so Trey is the type of person that will... Go to Cuba, just randomly wake up, say, oh, next week I'm going to Cuba. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Again, the experience piece. But to save money, he would catch the bus, two trains, and walk a mile with one book bag. Absolutely. <laughs> so he won't have to pay for a, for a check-in bag just to enjoy the trip. So that's the type of person, like, Trey is, like, He's gonna have fun. He's gonna oh, absolutely on a budget. He's too. gonna analyze how this fun looks, the impact that it's gonna have not only for his wallet, but for the things that he wants three months down the line absolutely. in order to enjoy himself. And, and I think it, it comes back to what's important to you. So um experiences are very important to me. So I've been able to make sure I in my mind responsibly be able to indulge in things in life that bring me you know, satisfaction that bring me happiness, but while being responsible, yeah. fiscally responsible. So yeah, me, it's convenience. I, I pay for convenience. I, That's, yeah. I'm, I'm catching an Uber. Uh, That's real. 
I remember. I actually remember. I was in New York and I I got lost. I tried. <laughs> I got tried, on the train going the wrong way. I got on the train. I had to walk uh, a couple blocks with. I had a drone. I had my camera back. It was <laughs> oh, it was getting dark. It was it was a lot, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna stick to what I know. Just get on an Uber." And Ubers in New York was like, it was crazy. Yeah. For oh my god, I think it was like eighty dollars. Really? To the airport? Oh yeah, getting to the well. The thing is, none of the airport the airports aren't located like anywhere near the mm. city. They're out, so it's gonna yeah, it's gonna take you a little minute. Yeah, I wasn't used to that. I, you know, New York get paid. You know, they minimum wage a lot higher, but mine's not. So I had and to go taxes back. Taxes are too. Yeah, and tax. I had to go back to be poor, and uh. <laughs> So that just you know, we we talked about the the foundation yeah. of, and I'm quite sure. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna just let you say it. So we talked yeah. about the, the the foundation yeah. of like your finances and how you became financially uh, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's talk about the relationship part. Yeah, like where did that come from? So uh, my wife now, I'm about almost two months in. So I'm uh, you know. Fiance just came so much easier off the tongue, but now, you know, I got to retrain the brain. So yeah, my wife and I, we met in 2017 when I first moved to Orlando. And long story short, we were starting to spend a lot of time around each other. And at the time I was making significantly more than her. Um, He makes significantly more than her. At the time I was making, you know, almost three times as much as her. And so um, I was paying for, you know, a lot of the dates and things. And I told her, um, hey, I have it now. I got it. But there'll be a time when I, I won't have as much because I want to be an entrepreneur. And so before I kind of go into some details, that was something very unique about our relationship that I love to this point is that she knew one of my biggest dreams was to be an entrepreneur and the risk and everything that, you know, being a, an entrepreneur um, the financial risk that, that comes with, with being an entrepreneur. So she was on board, supported me. That made me even fall even more in love with her. But then these little dinners and, you know, movies started turning into trips to like Seattle or Atlanta. So now we're talking about airfare. We're talking about Ubers. We're talking about hotels. So these little, you know, $100 dates start turning into hundreds of dollar trips. And so we were just like that awkward conversation of who's paying for it, how we splitting everything. So long story short, eight months into our relationship, we had a joint savings account. That joint savings account was for us to save together, we both contributed pro rata what we were making. So if I was making three times as much, I I contributed three times as much. And it allowed us to, when we needed to make decisions together, it allowed us to remove the who's paying for this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So that was step one in our relationship. Um, and it was a blessing that that money we saved came to be the a lot of the deposits that were for our wedding. Um, so yeah, that that was something that money is a... It can be a very awkward conversation, especially when you and your spouse come from very different backgrounds. Um, and so that was, uh, I wanted to eliminate the awkwardness of, well, where's this money coming from? <laughs> and I think that's a big, a big thing that a lot of men are afraid of, and, and women as well, just because of hip hop culture, the things that we hear in, yeah. in our music every day, City Girls, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, nothing against them because guys do it as well. Absolutely. Uh, so it's it's like, or just even being in the South. Yeah. Like yeah. I think Southern regional culture, men feel like, um, you know, they have to be the sole provider, mm-hmm. or you know, women do they be a stay at home mom? And like it's, I feel like there's a lot of societal pressures on on you know fi- the underlying issues relate to relate to relate to finances and so um i agree pop culture music <laughs> everything and uh, a beautiful thing about that is um, before we wrap it up is that you know i feel like with me in particular a lot of people want to be with me before having a financial conversation mm. um so when they you know when they when they think they like me it's like you don't even know me like you don't we haven't even had conversations for us to even get to that point. Right. Um, and I would love a, love for us to get there, but now because you already in your feelings, because you like me more than you believe that I like you, because I'm the type of person, I don't have to like you necessarily to to like see myself being with you. Uh-huh. Or like I know what love feels like. I know how the behavior of love looks. Yeah. Um, so just because I feel this type of way for you, I just know that. Again, the stability piece is important to me. Yeah. And for me, 
to process stability is certain things as it pertains to finances, as it pertains to conversations that we must have That's real. Um, in order to get there. But a lot of people that I meet, um, they want to jump the gun and they assume that, oh, I like you, so we should be together. Mm. I'm like, you like Mm-mm. me, but you don't necessarily know that. I got student loan debt, and if we get married, that's going to become- <laughs> Take it from somebody who just got married. Like Relationships are work. Good work, but work. And finances are a part of that. And I think what sometimes, it, it's the awkward conversation no one wants to have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why the number one reason for divorce is finances. People don't realize that, you know, and Sean and I, when we were talking about, and I'll be very transparent, when we were trying to pay for the wedding- it was a, well, how are we paying for this wedding? So are we both contributing pro rata, but I make a lot more than you? And then I had to tell her, I was like, is this going to be a conversation? And, and honestly, joint finances or separate finances? Yeah. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. I yeah. was like, what happens? I don't want to be in a relationship where every decision we always have to go back to this money conversation. <laughs> so it was like, oh, well, if you want to go back to school, what what pot of money is that coming out of? Or if, you know, we need to buy a new car, whose pot of money is this coming out of? So I, I, I saw my future with her and I saw, I knew that I loved her. And so I knew that this money conversation was going to be a recurring theme. And I was like, we need to nip this in the bud for the best way that works for us. Now I agree. Now I will state that you and your partner have to figure out what's the best money situation for you. But for us, it was like, let's talk about this now Everything and all, prenup, um, all, put it all out on the table so that when we go into our relationship, like this isn't a reoccurring thing because people don't realize that's one way to like <laughs> have a relationship crash and burn is yeah. to keep fighting over money or, <laughs> or having a money conversation. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's dope. Uh, since the communication piece, because that was one of your strengths, communication. Yeah. Um, and again, you can let me know if I'm yeah. overstepping my boundaries. No, I'll be able to delete this from the, <laughs> the episode. Uh, but just talk about the the importance of premarital. Like it was before you even got engaged as yeah. counseling and things of that nature. That kind of you know probably helped within those conversations as well. No, I'm very open about this. Uh, my wife and I, we it was one of the proudest things we received right before we got married. We received a certificate from our therapist that said we did 15 sessions um, of premarital counseling. So. Before we even got engaged, <laughs> we did premarital counseling or couples counseling. <laughs> so it was like three or four sessions. And my wife and I, um, we both had done individual therapy by ourselves. And we said, I was not proposing unless I had gone through therapy with her and made sure there was no red flags. <laughs> because I think when you're when you're in love with someone in the beginning phase of the relationship, it's all infatuation. But then what I will say about my wife and I, we both wanted the same things from a relationship. Mm. And that's why I'm with her. We both financially, we both had the same financial goals, even though we come from two financial different backgrounds and we might get there different ways. We both wanted the same thing for our marriage. Um, even though we both come from different, you know, circumstances. I come from a two parent household. Her father passed when she was eight years old and raised by a single mom. So these were conversations, like we had, we wanted to go to a therapist and make sure we, Make sure, one, there was no red flags, but two, understand how our individual backgrounds mm. would show up in our relationship. And so um, I highly recommend it. And one of those conversations was finances. We talked about <laughs> everything, finances, communication, intimacy, sex. Um, we talked about family boundaries. So we talked about a lot. And um, it, it was really helpful for us. Hey, man, I hope y'all listening. And I and I hope y'all noticed that he he separated sex and intimacy. Oh, absolutely. Um, I hope you all know that he kind of went back to the strengths. When 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 you're back against the wall, you're naturally going <laughs> to fall back to your strengths. So whatever you, you're used to doing to survive, you're going to go back to it. Which in a relationship, <laughs> you'll learn that your strengths may be completely opposite <laughs> of your partner's. So, um, you know, love languages and all this... It's, similar kind of concept there's things that we naturally do that we are good at there's things that natural dispositions we have but when you're in a partnership you know you definitely have to that that takes a lot of like working through and making sure that you're being mindful of the other person's strengths which just made natural especially when opposites attract so if you're already connecting with someone and loving someone that's naturally opposite of you you know, it, it fun is first, it's adventurous, but then it's like, oh snap, we gotta we gotta work <laughs> through this. But yeah. 
right, and before we tap off, man, because this is love and, and, and finances. Who paid for the for the sessions before y'all before you even proposed? J- the joint, the joint <laughs> savings. See the so I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm and people think we're crazy, but I tell everybody, it was it was literally the best decision we made. So, you know, I'll be honest. We had about like about five grand because we started eight months in our relationship and we've been together almost four years so we started paying because it eliminated money so when we started doing our joint sessions i was like we got money in the joint account that's what it's there for things that we agree on that we need let's pay for it so premarital counseling came out the joint account came time to get married got to put a deposit on the venue a caterer all these other things joint bank account so it, it completely eliminated money conversations for things that we agreed on man that's beautiful man that's that's the best way to wrap up a, a love <laughs> and finances. So they they paid for the counseling before he even proposed. Yes, from the joint account that they both had. So it was no question. They knew no exactly question. where the money was coming from. Uh, the counseling part, the therapy part, that's definitely important, um, especially for you know the black community. We it's a stigma of, of, of us going to seek help because uh, we don't want to feel as if something is wrong with us and, and some, sometimes we fear of finding out that something is Absolutely. wrong for us as well and to add to that too Lavelle just it, couples therapy is great but then also um, I would encourage if you can do individual therapy as too mm-hmm. or you can do both so it's some form of therapy it, and it's always great just to have those check-ins we mm-hmm. go to the doctor annually for a check-in it's always great just to have that check-in on, on your, your mental state perfect perfect man so first and foremost um Nephew Trey, I'm saying his his podcast name so y'all can. <laughs> so if if I said enough, y'all will remember exactly, and then y'all go tune in to the podcast. So that's why I'm gonna continue Absolutely. to say it. Um, so thank you all for listening, brother Trey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for um, having me and, and sharing this moment. Let everybody know where they can find you. Um, so I have a few businesses, uh, RTW Photography, which Lavelle is my business partner. You can find us on Instagram at RTW Photography. Um, before 30, you can find us um, on Instagram at underscore before 30. You can find us also on Facebook. Um, and then just check out the Before 30 podcast. We're streaming on all um, platforms. So Apple, Spotify, Google, um, we're on all those platforms. So thank you all very much, Lavelle. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Vales World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Vail's World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as 99 cents a month, we can take this thing alone.